0: is obvious. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick, Tech Guide, episode 281. Hello and welcome to the podcast that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer tech news and reviews. Thank you for listening, thank you for downloading, and you first-time listeners, we're glad you found us, and we hope you become a regular listener to our show. My name is Stephen Fennec, and I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. Well, on this week's show, I've just arrived in Las Vegas for the Consumer Electronics Show. The show hasn't actually started yet. But we did have a taste of what to expect from the CES Unveiled uh, that, was, that was held uh, earlier today. I'll go through some of those smart products that I saw at the show. And in next week's podcast, of course, we will wrap it up. We'll cover it like a tarpaul and tell you everything that we saw, all the new devices, all the new products all the things you need to know. In the Tech Guide Reviews, we're going to take a look at the Epson ET4750 printer that has enough ink for two years. And we're going to also talk about our experience with the Tesla Enhanced Autopilot. In the Tech Guide interview, we're also going to chat with Wolf Creek Writer Director Greg McLean about his latest film, The Belco Experiment. And we'll finish that off as we always do with the Tech Guide Help Desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products, and also Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. We've got a massive show planned for you, so we're just going to jump straight in. Well, as we mentioned, we are here in Las Vegas at the Consumer Electronics Show. We've just had the CES unveiled, an event that is on the eve of the show proper. And what we saw here were some of the smaller exhibitors, some quirky exhibitors. We're going to go through some products now, and we'll cover all the major announcements and events for all the major companies in the next episode. But for now, we've got a lot to talk about in terms of all the smart products we saw at CES Unveiled. We're going to kick off with Cosmo Connected. Now, any cyclist will be interested in this product. This is a connected brake light for your helmet. So whether you're a motorcyclist or a a cyclist, this product was actually developed from the motorcycle version brought down then to the uh, bicycle version. And what it basically is, it's a, it's an indicator light that goes on the back of your helmet. So it allows you through the app uh, to indicate left and right it also can detect when you decelerate and it will engage then a brake light. But it's, it's all about safety as well. So it can actually detect. It's got, it's got an accident detection mode where if you, or if you suddenly stop uh, or come off your bike, it'll detect this sudden movement and you can then set the app to contact a family member or a friend, or you can even get it to contact emergency services, and emergency services can call you. If you haven't answered twice, they'll dispatch paramedics to your current GPS location. Really interesting product. It's a, it's made by a French company uh, and coming out later in uh, in 2018 in Australia. It's already actually out in Europe, but coming to Australia as well. Another product that we saw was OneLink. Now, this is uh, at first appearance, it looks like a smoke detector. But what it actually is, it's not only a smoke detector, a smart smoke detector, a smart carbon monoxide detector, but it's also a speaker. And you think about where you put your speakers, we put them in the ceiling. So this device is your smoke detector, carbon monoxide alarm. It's also a home speaker, but it's also a A wireless extender Wi-Fi extender it's also Alexa enabled so you can actually talk to it and through your network get get it to play music and everything like that so it is a a smoke detector on steroids it's also a speaker and a Wi-Fi hotspot and any devices connected to the hotspot to the extender and when the smoke alarm goes off they'll all get notifications on all their devices every connected device sharing that network will all be notified so uh, it's taking the smoke alarm in an all new direction direction. Uh, we spoke earlier about a, a safety device for cyclists. Well, here's another safety product. It's a smart shoe uh, called the Evon E-V-O-N-E. Now this is a smart shoe that can actually detect if a person has fallen down. So think of the customer here as being an older adult, a worker, or, or someone in the outdoors, a hiker. So what happens, the shoe has a, a system built in, an accelerometer that can detect if a person has fallen down. So say an elderly person at home by by themselves, it can detect immediately if they've fallen over and send a family friend or a loved one a message or emergency services. Uh, same deal if you're a worker on a job site, so the security officer on the job site would get an alert if, a, if someone's fallen down. And a hiker too, you think about it, if someone falls over, gets injured in the middle of nowhere, then this can dispatch a message. So in, in this instance, if the person's still on the ground, hasn't regained their feet, if you get on back on your feet again, then that message is cancelled. But if you are still on the ground, unable to get up, the soles of the shoe will vibrate to indicate that's your notification that help is on its way. So a, a handy product there from Yvonne. This is a, that's the smart shoe. Uh, speaking of products for senior for senior users, now this is a product, the airbag hip protector. So think of this for obviously for elderly people and they wear this around their belt like a like a bum bag so it's like a belt around around their waist now this has a built-in sensor that can detect if they're about to fall over and in that time it can trigger an airbag on either side of their hips to protect them to prevent them breaking a hip, and at an elderly age, breaking a hip is a catastrophic injury, uh, and this device can prevent it, and it dispatches as quickly as a car airbag, so it can detect when a person's about to fall over, and the airbag then is deployed on on either hip, so it can prevent uh, a broken hip. Really interesting product. It's called the Hip Air. And again, another French product. And oh, by the way, all the products I'm talking about right now that well, I saw it unveiled, you will see videos and stories all about them rolled out through uh, on Tech Guide throughout the week. So be sure to keep an eye on that. Uh, another product from Ecovacs. Now, you may cast your mind back. Ecovacs Robotics. We wrote about their their Cosmo. Uh, sorry, the Osmo, the 930, O-Z-M-O, 930. It's automatic vacuum uh, robotic vacuum cleaner and mop. Well, they've come up with a new product called the WinBot X, and it's a window cleaner. So you can clean windows inside or out, and as it would clean your carpet, it creates a path and cleans your windows inside and out. If it is sitting outside... There is a tether so that if it does actually accidentally detach from the window, it's not going to fall down and hurt anybody. Uh, That story is already up on the Tech Guide website if you want to check it out. But another interesting product from Ecovacs. who have done really well. They've just entered the Australian market and already are getting plenty of traction there with their interesting products. Uh, Three more to go here. We've got uh, another product. This is a product called Orbi, and it's not not from Netgear. I I did say to them, you may have a bit of a a case here. Netgear may challenge the name. Of your product, the Netgear Orbi is their their mesh network system, their wireless network system. Uh, but in this instance, this is the Orbi that I saw today at CES unveiled. Is actually a pair of they look like a pair of glasses, but in actual fact, they are. It's a three hundred and sixty degree camera. Four cameras on board, so there's two HD cameras at the front, two HD cameras at the back, so full high definition. They combined to create a 360-degree 4K quality video. So you can, you can imagine anyone who tries to capture their their action, say you're a surfer, you're a, you're a canoeer, a kayaker, you're out skiing, whatever you happen to be doing. You need to wear like a, 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 a GoPro with a mount on your head or on your hat or on your chest and not the best look and it's not the easiest thing to do. Well, with the Orbi, all you got to do, it's as easy as putting on a pair of glasses and they are actually sunglasses as well. There's built-in memory, so I can record straight to your built-in memory uh, and you're getting 4K results and with those combined cameras, so you've got 4K Combination—that's a combination of the four full HD cameras. So they—they've got a water-resistant design. You can have—you can fit about sixty minutes of recording time on the internal memory, uh, and come up comes up with effortless recording and with amazing resolution as well. So high def simply by putting a pair or four K, I should say, simply by putting on a pair of glasses, and the glasses are even polarized. So uh, they're are they're, they're as safe as wearing a proper pair of sunglasses. So keep an eye out for Orbi. Uh, another product for cyclists, this is the Electron. Now, anyone who's got a bicycle already, this is a product that can turn your regular bicycle into a motorized bicycle. And all, and it takes 30 seconds to install. So basically, you're placing your front tire, and inside the tire, inside the spokes is a motor. Uh, and of course, you've got the tire as well. So you pop off your existing front wheel, pop on the Electron front wheel, and it will then turn your bike. So that's a motor. So it's got up to 50 miles of range, which is about 70 kilometers. Uh, 20 miles per hour top speed, which is about I think 40 kilometers an hour around that. my metric uh, my metric conversions are probably not accurate, but you you get you catch my drift. Uh, and it is connected to your smartphone as well. So you can tell, you can you can monitor what you're doing, how fast you're going. There's also active hill assist, which means you can, uh, help, uh, there's a, a mode to help you climb up the hill. So uh, the, you can turn your existing bike into a motorized bicycle in 30 seconds simply by just flipping, whoever's changed the front tire, replaced a front tire on their bike can do this effortlessly. So uh, it, it's really easy to install Electron, Turn your regular bike into an electric bike. Charge time of five hours, so don't forget to charge the thing up. Uh, but it uh, it does get you, help you zip around. If you're sick of pedalling, then this is the product you need to look at. And again, all these devices uh, will be featured on the tech guide uh, on the, our website. Last product that we're going to talk about that we saw at CES Unveiled, and this is an augmented reality toothbrush. It's called Magic, and that's Magic spelt with a K, M-A-G-I-K. Uh, a company called Calibri who have brought out smart toothbrushes in the past, smart knife and fork, I think for kids and this is an augmented reality toothbrush now any parents listening will understand Will know how hard it is to get their child to brush their teeth. Well, it's hard to get them to brush their teeth in the first place, but when they do brush their teeth, it's hard to get them to brush long enough. So, what this magic toothbrush does—the augmented reality toothbrush—it gamifies the whole brushing scenario. So, it'll it'll point to different parts of this animated mouth on the on an iPhone on a, a phone screen. So, rather looking in the mirror, they look in the in the iPhone screen. They take a photo of themselves and the, the the game is that they have to brush, they have to kill all the different germs on different parts of their mouth, and all these animations are appearing on the screen. When they accumulate enough points, they get bonuses. So they get masks and, and, and different filters they can apply to their picture. So there's a reward at the end of all that effort. And by the time they've got through all of that time uh, trying to get all those points, then it's probably been a couple of minutes and therefore giving them a long enough time to brush their teeth. Really smart little product, And again, something we'll see in Australia later this year. Those are the products I saw at CES Unveiled. Uh, I will be writing about all of those products throughout the week and also uh, putting my accompanying videos with them as well. We shot a few videos to go with so you can actually truly see them in action. Uh, All of those will be featured on Tech Guide during the week. So make sure you head over to the website, techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. Meet Orbi, the world's first tri-band Wi-Fi system. Orbi gives you reliable, secure and super fast Wi-Fi to every inch of your home. That's right, everywhere. No more dead zones upstairs, no drop connections through walls, just better Wi-Fi everywhere. Orbi reaches up to 370 square meters through Wi-Fi barriers like walls, stairs and doors. With a dedicated internet connection, Orbi helps prevent buffering while streaming your favorite movies and shows. No matter how many devices are connected you have ultra fast Wi-Fi speeds. The Orbi tri-band Wi-Fi system works with your existing modem to maximise the speed you're paying for. Orbi's sleek design and state-of-the-art technology steals the show. It gives your home a superior Wi-Fi network that's both easy to set up and elegant to display. With just a couple of clicks your secure Wi-Fi network will be ready in no time. For more information visit netgear.com.au Orbi Better Wi-Fi everywhere. Tech Guide. Now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennig. Tech Our review for this week, we're going to kick it off with the Epson ET4750. Now, this is the EcoTank printer from Epson. I may have mentioned them on a previous podcast, but I actually got one in my hands and actually reviewed it, set it up, filled the ink ink chambers, the ink cartridges, and well, not cartridges, the ink wells, the ink tanks, and printed out some things it's a very very impressive product so but the the biggest the biggest improvement here or the biggest attraction here I should say is the fact that in the box comes 2 years supply of ink now uh, this doesn't use regular ink cartridges. It has these ink tanks, and you get eight bottles. So you get four. You use four bottles at a time. So you have black, cyan, magenta, and yellow. And out of the box, there are special nozzles on the bottle so that you you choose the right tank to fill. You put the bottle in. It releases the. Uh, it, it connects securely with the bottle, and the ink draws is drawn directly into the tank. So you do that for black. You do that for cyan magenta, cyan, magenta, and yellow, and that ink. Uh, you also get the four spare bottles. So you get eight in total. So you use four initially. Then in a year, you you may need to top up. You've got the other four bottles. So you've got enough ink for 2 years and we're talking like 14,000 pages 11,500 color pages so much ink supply. So feature number 1, you're not going to have to be rushing out to the shop to buy new ink cartridges and we know how expensive that can be. Now, the Epson ET-4750 is $699. Now, that is more expensive than any printer you'll buy that you've more expensive than any printer you've probably purchased uh, in in ever. But what you're saving here is in the long run, this thing's going to pay itself off because anyone will tell you whenever you need to go have, buy a set of ink cartridges and you need to buy four of them, it could cost you $100 at a time. So you do that four or five times a year, there's $500 right there. So you think of the savings you're going to have over two years, no more buying ink cartridges ever. All you need to buy is the ink bottles after two years. So this is really going to help pay off. The printer naturally has Wi-Fi connectivity, so really easy to to connect to your mobile network. So it can print directly from computers on the network and even from your mobile devices. There's also a companion Epson app, so you can print directly from your smartphone. Great way to get those excellent images we've got on our phones off the device and printed on good quality photo paper. Uh, The really easy to set up, it really steps you through. Uh, you, You set up the, not only after you fill the ink, then you go through the software, then it prints test pages, and you then can do the printer head alignment. You just choose a different number on a page and enter it on the screen and say, yep, seven looked like the best. There were less lines in six and so on. It steps you through. It takes you five minutes and you're up and running. And the print quality is superb, really fast. Uh, it's also surprisingly quiet too. Uh, it does, doesn't make a hell of a lot of noise as uh, as do some other printers. Uh, the, it's got a really high capacity paper tray as well. So it can hold up to 250 sheets of A4 paper. So have to load not only, to load less ink uh, less ink in this thing but also less paper so you can fit up to two hundred and fifty pages at a time in the ink cartridge in the paper cartridge as well. Uh the, the print quality it is it's really really impressive. It's it's precision core technology so uses this high density print chip to generate up to forty million precise dots per second with amazing accuracy. So that's why your photos look brilliant, your printed documents look fantastic and from a printer of this quality we expect nothing less. The Epson ET4750. It is $699, but remember, you're not going to buy any ink cartridges ever again, and you'll have enough ink in the box for up to two years. Definitely something for you to check out. And if you want to read more about that, read our entire review. You can do that at techguide.com.au. Moving along, we want to chat about Tesla. We're big fans of the Tesla here, the Model S. We had another drive, and this time around, we gave the enhanced autopilot a bit of a go. Now, this is a an amazing thing. I think once you experience this, you'll think, wow, the technology in Tesla is incredible. I, I liken Tesla to Tesla doing a doing to cars what Apple did to phones. When Apple introduced the iPhone, all this technology, and it was amazing. So here's a a technology company coming from the technology side rather than the phone side with tesla they're also coming from the tech side instead of the instead of the car the traditional combustion engine, they're bringing electric motors, all this technology, and really stirring things up. Uh, if anyone's ever driven a Tesla, we'll all tell you that it is a remarkable experience. But One of those experiences is this enhanced autopilot. So this can adjust to traffic conditions, stay in its lane, even change lanes, even help you park. It is remarkable. Now, we should say that we were encouraged by Tesla to only use this feature when we're on uh, freeways and expressways somewhere where you get assisted driving it is illegal in australia to not hold the steering wheel while you're driving enhanced autopilot on the tesla would allow me to let go of the wheel i could have let go of the wheel and let the car drive it was steering it was braking accelerating doing everything that i needed but if i didn't have my hands on the wheel it would in the, it would flash the screen in front of the steering wheel would flash and i'd have it would say put your hands back on the wheel so that's something that you have to do. Now, in other jurisdictions, other countries, that might be different. But in Sydney, in Australia, that you do have to hold your hand on the wheel. And when you, when you activate autopilot, you there's, just, the, uh, the stalks on the left-hand side, the bottom left, you give it a double tap, and then the car takes over. You see this little steering wheel symbol, and then suddenly the car is in control. So you set the maximum speed. So what it does, it normally takes note of what the speed is in that situation. It can tell you the local speed limit. And it will normally uh, assume that that is the limit you want to set. And nine times out of 10, it got it right. So if we were on an an 80-kilometer-an-hour expressway, it set it at 80. It got it right most of the time. You can also set the number of car lengths. You want to stay behind the car in front. We set that at three car lengths. And it just did it. We were – it was driving the car. I, I had to just sit there with my hands on the wheel and let the steering wheel sort of go through my fingers because it was turning, it was it was steering around the lane. Uh, if I wanted to change lanes, all I needed to do was indicate and the car would then look for the next opportunity to, to change lanes. So it's got all these sensors all around. It's got radar. It uses all of these technologies, so sensors, cameras, radar. So it gives 360 degrees of visibility and a range of 250 metres in front. So it can see not only the car in front, but two and three cars ahead of that. So it's incredible. The input takes all the inputs from these sensors and cameras and creates an ability to drive, a driving capability that is beyond human capabilities. So it can see things that we might not see. It is capable of doing things that humans are not. Now, any driver, naturally, your instinct is to not trust the car. We trust ourselves. We're not used to letting the car do the work. In this case, when I first started driving, it was a little off-putting. I was a little nervous, I've got to say. And uh, after a while, I thought, well, yeah, the car does know what it's doing. And later, the first time I had it, I tried it in the Lane Cove Tunnel, the first time I used Enhanced Autopilot. And yeah, it worked okay. Tried it again and thought, yeah, okay, that's pretty good. Later that day, I had a longer drive. I was coming back from uh, from the north side. I had to go from down the, the M2 and, and through the Eastern Distributor and all the way home. And 90% of the drive through all of those places that I mentioned was done by the car with enhanced autopilot. I didn't have to do a thing. It was it was a lot of heavy traffic too. So it was slowing down. Then it was speeding up again and slowing down and braking completely and then starting up again. So it, was, it had taken over the driving. Now, this isn't designed for you to be driven like a chauffeur and you not doing any work this is meant to assist the driver so this, this isn't going to be something that you just sit back and read a book while the car's driving not at all although it is possible for it to do it, it, it there is a, there is a feature where if you've got your calendar connected to the car you can the, the car will assume that you that your next appointment uh, the address listed in your next appointment is where you want to go so it, it is smart enough to do that now we were we sort of kept it to the expressway to the freeway driving. And it was flawless. So you can just imagine how, how much less stressful a long trip on, on an expressway, on a highway would be when you know the Tesla's got your back and it's, it's going to accelerate. And the other advantage is it's never going to go over that speed limit. So you're never going to be booked for speeding. Uh, and, and it's always going to break. It's not going to, if someone loses attention and doesn't break hard enough, it doesn't run up the back of anyone else. It's always on. It's always looking, always breaking, always working. So we were really super impressed with this feature with the Tesla. Uh, if you want to hear more about that read more about that I should say you can take a look at it we've done a couple of videos there there's two or three videos. there's also another feature which before we finish we should talk about it's called summon this this was this freaked us out there's an app you can run with your Tesla as well and there's one feature in the app called summon so you can as its name suggests, uh, bring your car forward or backwards slowly just using the app. So you're, you're not in the car. So you can imagine if, say, you've parked into a tight parking spot. And we did this uh, during the Christmas period. It was hard to find a parking. We, we found a parking spot. And when we came back to our car, there was another car parked quite closely. So it was going to be a bit difficult for me to open the driver door. So rather than me trying to squeeze in and risk banging the their, my door on their door, I use Summon to pull the car out of the spot. So it it edged slowly out of the spot until it had cleared for me to then open the driver door comfortably and get in and drive away. Similar story, if you want to back it into your garage or back it or pull it out of your garage, you can go forward or backward really slowly. Of course, it's not going to speed out of there. So really slowly sort of rolling out, rolling in, all done through the Tesla app through using the summon feature. Absolutely incredible and truly a sight to see. I highly recommend you checking out uh, those videos and reading our story at techguide.com.au. Tech guide now. A tech guide interview. Tech guide. Our tech guide interview is with Greg McLean. Greg McLean is an acclaimed writer, director. Of Wolf Creek, who, who hasn't seen Wolf Creek, great film, uh, Wolf Creek two Wolf Creek films he made and directed, wrote and directed and there are also two series uh, of Wolf Creek currently screening on stand, so he's been a br- b- very busy boy uh, our, our man Greg McLean, and uh, apart from Wolf Creek of course, he has uh, been busy with some other films uh, one including The Belco Experiment, now anyone who's a fan of Greg McLean, Greg McLean's Films are pretty. They're, they're thrillers. They're they're uh, they're a little bit violent. If if you're into the uh, action horror thrillers, then you're going to love the Belko Experiment. Now the story here is that uh, there's this twisted social experiment taking place. Uh, there's these people trapped in a locked in their own high-rise corporate office and the, down in Colombia, and the this these instructions come through. And it's, uh, it's every man and woman for themselves kill or be killed. It's an amazingly claustrophobic film that, uh, you know, quite, quite uh, pretty bloodthirsty, and you know, as horror films tend to be, a uh, lot of action, a lot, lot of gore, but uh, a really interesting story that'll keep you hanging on till the end to work out what the hell is going on and who's going to survive this amazing ordeal. And, and a very, very impressive cast as well. John Gallagher, Jr., he was in uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane, also in the newsroom. Tony Goldwyn, uh, star of Scandal. Uh, John C. McGinley, been in plenty of action films as well. Uh, among others, there's a very impressive cast there. Uh, but we, we were lucky enough to sit down with Greg and chat to him about the Belko experiment. And here's what he had to say earlier. Well, hi, Greg. Thanks for joining me. We're here to talk about the Belko experiment. And I've got to say, congratulations on a, a fine film. Thanks, Steve. That's nice to hear. It was a very, very claustrophobic feeling. How difficult as a director is it to try to create that kind of that that kind of temperament in the movie? It's uh, it's all set in in indoors in a building. Like, what skills have to come out from a director to make this even more exciting? Um, I think that, I mean
1: the the claustrophobic nature of the the movie and the story was one of the reasons I got uh, I was really interested in it. Um, a lot of my films have been set outdoors in the you know very Dig
0: open
1: spaces. Yeah. Um, so the kind of creative challenge of taking you know seven floors in after building and making the entire film take place in these you know small spaces was that was kind of the draw for me because um, the, we, what we had to do was try and find ways to keep it dynamic and keep each floor feeling visually different and also over the course of this film work out a way that the um, the colour scheme, the lighting and everything changed so that even though you're in the same space, it doesn't get boring and feel mundane. It constantly feels like it's evolving as a space. Okay. Um, and that was something that I hope we sort of achieved, was that feeling of it being dynamic and feeling visually different, and not just like a set boring for an office building.
0: I, I don't know whether you recall, it reminded me of an old Twilight Zone episode. There was a Twilight Zone episode called The Monsters Are Due on Maple Street. Have you heard, have you seen that episode? I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. Yeah, well, what it's all about is the, there's a street of people and the, some, some things start to happen and, and it turns out to be an experiment. The, the twist was a, it was an experiment where aliens were toying with all these human emotions and everyone started turning on each other. So it, it did sort of remind oh, really? me of that. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's that an old right. black and white, yeah, I can, I can old, 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 old episode, but uh, but terrific. Your your movie, yeah. though, The Belco, Belco Experiment, had quite a solid cast. So what was it like working with guys like John Gallagher Jr., Tony Goldwyn, John C. McGinley, really guys we've seen in, in uh, great movies and TV shows in the past? Um, it was kind of,
1: I mean, you know, a dream as a director to have such an amazing cast to work with. It's kind of like, um, you know, it, it's like working with a kind of amazing football team because you've got stars in every kind of position. Um, and it is a really big ensemble and we're really lucky to be able to get, you know, probably, you know, 18 of these amazing um, actors out of the States who flew down to, to Columbia to make the movie. And each one of them had, you know, an, brought an amazing amount to their roles. And people like John C. McGinley, who's been in every Oliver Stone film <laughs> and had an incredible career in Hollywood. He's the loveliest guy and, you know, really enjoyed making the film and it was kind of, you know, Fun, fun as a director to work with people like that because most of the time I just sit there asking about movies he's made and talking to about Platoon and Wall Street and wow. all these iconic films and, and roles he's done and um, it was a lot of fun. I mean, working with those actors was kind of one of the highlights of my career so far because it was such a great ensemble and such intense material to be doing but we, we had a lot of fun doing it.
0: But surely they would have known you as the Wolf Creek guy. Were they picking your brain too about that film?
1: Look, I think, you know, that film managed to successfully scare all of them. So I think a lot of them had seen that movie and were aware of it were, you know, and really admired some of the, the suspense and some of the, um, the performances in that film. And I think that's one of the reasons they, they signed on, just to you know, they, they, they knew that I was able to do a film that would deliver on the scare front.
0: What was it like sort of directing? You normally write, director, you sort of directing your own material. How was it uh, directing someone else's material for a change?
1: Um, it was great. I mean, I kind of, um, it was actually interesting for me to be, you know, cause I usually I'm a producer and a writer and director and do all kinds of stuff. And this one, this is really one of my first, or it's not the first time I've made a film where I got hired as a director and went on to with a new team in a different country. So it was a really, it was, it was interesting for me cause it was very different, but, uh, but it was great fun because, um, you know, I signed onto a script that was in amazingly good condition um, written by a brilliant script writer and it was... I, I liked just being the director for once. It was good fun. Um, and and again, it was all about the script. It's always just about how good the script is and this was just a fantastic, fun ride as a script. I thought it'd be great fun to do, partially because of the um, the combination of, of really extreme black humour and the kind of crazy violence that takes place in the <laughs> film. The counterpoint between those two things I thought was a really interesting, um, interesting idea. And that was kind of what was you know interesting to me about making the film.
0: And did you shoot the film in an actual building, or did you just build sets? Or take us behind the scenes?
1: We shot. we, so we shot the film all in Bogotá, and Colombia, with a film set. Um, we brought most of the cast down from from LA or New York. We used a lot of local Colombian TV actors who were and film actors who were making out all of the other characters in the film. Who um, were amazing. And we basically found a, after you know a long time, we'd found this uh, off, a, a office building that was actually working in the CBD of the city, but it had four floors that weren't finished uh-huh. and weren't operating. So we basically were able to hire these four floors of a real operating office building and go in there every day and redesign them to what we wanted and re, re, sort of, re, um, refashion them for each sequence and each scene. And so we used that as well as building a bunch of very large sets. So we... We've, that was one location for a lot of the scenes. Then we basically built this giant um, bunch of sets in this hangar, which we found about you know an hour out of Bogota, out of the capital.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And we've, we stumbled upon this sort of aircraft hangar-sized warehouse that was able to take a bunch of sets. So that was how the rest of the film was shot.
0: When you, when you shot the film, can you take us sort of, talk about sort of more the technical aspects? Did you shoot it in 4K? Sort of what sort of equipment were you using? Uh, sort of give, give us a well, sense of how you shot it.
1: So we had basically we had um, two Arri Alexa um, cameras rolling the whole time and all the action. Okay. We had a third, we had a third camera, a third Alexa as well that was used sometimes on some of the bigger action scenes to, to get more coverage. But generally speaking, we would basically cover most scenes with an A and a B camera rolling at the same time. Um, we, uh, you know, we had a lot of most of them were trying to do mainly practical visual effects for all the uh, violence and the explosion. Yep. A lot of the um, the head explosions and all the violent stuff was actually practical um, practical effects done by a guy called Todd Masters, who's a great visual effects uh, creator out of Los Angeles. And we did we did you know some post touch ups on that stuff, but predominantly it was done with um, practical um, simple practical gags like air hoses and cannons filled with blood bags and things like that. Yes. <laughs> um, and we, the, fall, the fire was, um, was done properly with dance So we we're trying to go fairly old school with the actual approach to how we handled the effects in the film. Um, and we basically made this film with a fully Colombian, um, Colombian crew with a Mexican DP and First AD so they could be bilingual and speak, you know, because okay. we had such a short amount of time and not a lot of, it wasn't a very big budget to make the film. So we had some serious kind of restrictions on what we could do. So it was all about trying to make efficiencies on set. So that's why I wanted to use a Spanish-speaking, you know, Dresden and, sure. and DP so they could talk to their crews directly in Spanish because I can't speak Spanish. <laughs> and Thank- I thought, well, it's going to really save us a lot of time. So we we'll have to translate three times between me yeah. and English-speaking. Um, so, you know, so it was, just, it was about trying to find an efficient way of doing it.
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: and we had, a, I think it was a six- or seven-week shoot in Columbia, and then we had like a, you know, maybe a three- or 4 month um cut period in los angeles and the film was finished entirely in los angeles okay. um and made for mgm studios so it was kind of was a was a from go to woe was pretty fast
0: okay and it's it's coming out on on blu-ray disc and dvd as a director do you uh do you sort of set aside material are you conscious in the process of, of setting material aside to give the viewers extra material or how do you operate there
1: um, we, I, I, basically, um, you know, I go through all the materials that we end up using for the, for the DVD. We oftentimes there are scenes or sequences that just don't fit when you're making the cut, They read great. But when you put them in, you just go actually to know, we either don't need the scene or it's not, didn't work out how we wanted it. So let's just leave it out. Um, so I'm kind of aware of the things we're dropping and shooting on the way that you kind of go, okay, this is going to be great on the instrument. Um, and then as well as that, I've, I've seen a bunch of the, um, there's a couple of behind the scenes, you know, interviews and films you put together along the way that kind of will go on as extra materials as well. So it's a pretty good package
0: of materials we've got. Okay. Well, uh, this this is a tech podcast. I want to put you through, just ask you through some, some tech questions if you don't mind, or just some rapid-fire sure. t- questions. Mac I'll, or, try, I'll try Mac or PC? Uh, Mac. Android or iPhone? iPhone. What's your go-to social media platform?
1: Twitter.
0: And do you have a smart device that you can control with your smartphone?
1: I don't, but I want to get one of those. Um, I'm very keen on getting a um, home security one because I'm, I'm, I think they look really cool. I'd love to. Oh, security cameras. You know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think, I think the uh, iPhone operated security cameras are a great idea.
0: Yeah, no worries. We'll appreciate your time, Greg. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Tech Guide. this is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. Public Wi-Fi isn't always safe. When people are traveling, we're thinking, great, free Wi-Fi, but it's not always safe. And without the right protection, your personal information could become public. There, there are a number of vulnerabilities that have been well-known that allow attackers to intercept data transmitted across a Wi-Fi network. Personal information that's transmitted over the internet or stored on your devices, including things like passwords, credit card numbers, and more, could suddenly become vulnerable. Now, the team at Norton uh, have, are dedicated to helping you keep your valuable data safe. So all that personal information, it can be used against you. You think about it, identity theft, or people can access your bank accounts without your knowledge. So Norton's been hard at work with Wi-Fi Privacy, and this helps encrypt the personal information that you send and receive on public Wi-Fi to help keep it private wherever you want to log on. A must if you're using any type of public Wi-Fi. To help protect your information with Norton Wi-Fi Privacy, you can find out more at au.norton.com. Now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. Well, the Tech Guide Help Desk, we did have a couple of questions. Uh, One was asking us about the modem. And now, I've answered this question in the past, and it's people who are connecting to the NBN. And the most common question I get is, look, I've got the modem supplied by the ISP, which also happens to be a router. Will my performance improve if I replace it with uh, with a better modem router, like a Netgear or, or a D Link Cobra? It's one of those products that I've reviewed on Tech Guide. Now the short answer is that no modem can make the internet come into your house faster than it than it that it is now. Nothing can do that. It depends on your situation, your connection, whether you've got fiber, etc. etc. All these things uh Kind of out of our hands, but what we can control is how well the Wi-Fi works in our house. So how well the data in our home is is sent around as well. So that's something to keep in mind. If you can get your, if you get a good router happening, so maybe keep the modem you get and put a better router, then that's going to improve how the data is is streamed in your home to all the devices in your home. The other question we had on the help desk was a uh, from a person asking about they want to set up a projector, they want to have like a theater like experience in their home, but they don't have a hell of a lot of money to spend, so what was a brand they could look at? Well, one one I can recommend is Ben Q. Ben Q have made a number of full HD and even four k projectors that are under three and a half thousand dollars so four k projector for under about four grand. That is remarkable and worth checking out. if you just want full HD, if you don't have a big room and full HD still looks really impressive, you can pick up a BenQ projector for about 15 to 1,800 bucks so that's definitely definitely worth a try. Uh, I've written about all of those things we've spoken about about the modems and about the BenQ projectors you can check all of those out at techguide.com.au) Well, that is the end of our show for another week. Thank you very much for joining me. You can read about everything we've talked about, of course, at our website, techguide.com.au. And if you want to get in touch with us, use our VoiceBite app. VoiceBite, you can download it for free on iOS and Android. You can use the hashtag techguide, so maybe send, ask me a tech question. You can maybe give me your own product review, 15-second review of a product you love or hate. Uh, but if you want to do that, hashtag Tech Guide and your voice will be heard on this Tech Guide podcast with me or if you want to send us an email, info at techguide.com.au, but we are going to give preference to anyone who goes to the trouble of recording a voice bite. A brand new version of VoiceBite is in the App Store and there is a new Discover tab so you can discover shows like mine and other podcasts that are accepting voice bites for their podcast. So definitely check that out. We want to give our shout out to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs and also Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. It's been great having you with us once again. We hope you'll join us again next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.